0: Everybody, I'm gonna wait just a couple seconds, and then I'm going to start. Oh, I need to get this link shared. Let's see. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Facebook does not make it easy to share these links. Well, let's just hang out for a couple minutes, and then we'll get rolling. link is shared. All right, great. Let's pull this back up. Um, so Chuck is asking just right off the bat if we're going to do a party for the stadium series. Probably is my best answer. Um, I can't imagine that we won't. We like to do stuff for Penguins games anyway, and this is you know, a big one, even though the Flyers never win any of their outdoor games. I feel like we will. Yeah. All right. Good morning, everybody. I am pumped to be here. Excellent. Um, so we've been live for just about two minutes. Um, maybe a tailgate. I think that would make the most sense if it's at the Wells Fargo Center. And by that, I mean you know, (laughs) Lincoln financial field. Um, Yeah, let's do that. So Brian, Bill's suit no longer exists, which is really good. We just need to keep him from buying another one. (laughs) All right, great. Uh, Good morning, everybody. Thank you for hanging out with me on your Saturday morning. Happy September. Happy Labor Day weekend. This is, this is, Kind of the beginning of hockey as soon as as soon as september hits you know training camp is just a couple weeks away um and we're we're starting to get into hockey season so let's let's roll uh i've got a lot of questions here from twitter so i'm gonna start to answer those first and then we'll just roll into uh some facebook questions um the questions that i have from twitter are really great Uh, A lot of them are are talking, you know, long-term strategy for the team, for the front office. And I'm I'm super excited to answer those. So I'm just going to jump right in. Uh, Let me pull these up. Um, So the first question is from Dave. Um, If you're picking a fantasy draft, who's your starting five? So that's a a question that right off the bat I don't really know how to answer. So I do a lot of fantasy hockey. So I, I don't know if that's what the question is, if it's if it's a, a fantasy hockey draft or if it's a um a, a my fantasy who's the the best five players in the league um so the, the question that I'm going to – the way that I'm going to answer the question is who would be my starting five on my team that I want to win all of the everything. So starting right away, Connor McDavid. Um, and then I would push um, – I'd push Sidney Crosby to wing. I'd push Austin Matthews to wing. Um, defenseman. I would have, I would have Shane Gostas bear, honestly. Um, and what other defenseman do I want? I want Eric Carlson. Oh God. Let's roll. Let's roll with ghost and Carlson. I want that. Um, yeah, that's what I want. Okay, so that's first question. Uh, next is, also from Dave, what defines a successful season for Haxtell? Think he's on the hot seat. So a successful season for Dave Haxtell, from a front office opinion, I believe would be to advance in the playoffs. So not just making the playoffs anymore, we need to advance Um, (laughs) Brian Brideson Matthews is better than McDavid. I don't think that's true talent-wise, but in my heart, yes. Um, So from a front office perspective, I think they need to advance in the playoffs. They need to make it past the first round. From my perspective, a successful season for Dave Haxtell is to stop relying on the untalented veterans. So what that looks like in in reality is, you know, put Andrew McDonald on the third pairing. Uh, don't play Yori Latera. Like this is, these are, are easy steps. I'm not asking a lot of the dude. Yes, I want to advance to, to the next round of the playoffs too, of course, but I, I'm not asking a lot from the coach. I just need you to get the fundamentals down and I think that if he does that, the team is going to be extremely successful. He just needs to, needs to get out of his own way, in my opinion. Stop running goalies into the ground. Just get the, the simple things together. Get them down, and they'll do fine. The team is talented enough to, to do the rest. Just let them use the tools that they have. Okay. Um, so the next is from, the handle is Dave M, but the name is just names. So you guys talk sometimes about a lockout that may happen soon. Can you just explain why this lockout will happen? Yes, I can. And I'm going to use, I'm going to use really vague terms because I haven't reviewed the CBA recently. Um, but I, I know enough to say, you know, the, the players are going, so this all has to do with the current collective bargaining agreement between the players and the league. So this is where we get the NHL Players Association and the NHL to negotiate a new collective bargaining agreement. And that expires in the offseason between 2019 and 2020, I believe. So when we talk about the lockout that's going to happen, it would be for the 2020 season. I believe it's either 2020 or 2021, but I'm pretty sure it's 2020. Um, So what the current collective bargaining agreement has in it, it's everything that we see that happens on the ice. I don't believe that there's a clause about the Olympics. And I believe with a fair amount of certainty that the players are very upset that they weren't able to go to the Olympics last cycle so i i have a feeling that the players are going to be asking for something around the olympics to be in the new cba and the owners and the league are not going to want to do that without concessions from the players around escrow accounts around a lot like money things um or some other type of concession from the players. There's... The league is not going to give the players something that they want without taking something back. Um, there's also... Um, there's, a, there's a lot of things in the CBA around money. Um, there's... Not a lot around safety, around concussions, around, um, you know, the, the future of players. And I believe that the NHLPA is going to want some type of, of program for NHL players that are no longer in the league to get help that they need, you know, as we get more stories of players, you know, first round picks that are living homeless and they can't get help, um, you know, mental health issues, suicides, um, brain trauma. We all know what that looks like. I think that there's going to want to be something around that. So all in, in, in really simple terms, they're just negotiating a new, employment contract for the next set number of years. And everything is on the table. Ownership doesn't want to give up any type of control. So it's always the players that are going to have to make concessions to continue doing their jobs. Um, and, and they just need to come to some type of agreement that will make both sides happy. And as we've seen multiple times in the past with the NHL, not just in sports, but with the NHL, these sides do not want to budge. They they come, they come come to heads and neither side really wants to give up much of anything for the other side to get what they want in these employment contracts. So that's why we say... Um, that's why we say that there's going to be a lockout just because both sides are pretty stubborn and we've seen it happen so many times in the past. Now, as we get closer, I'm going to be reviewing the CBA and I'll have some more uh, insights into specifically what I think is going to happen, what I think they're going to want to negotiate. Uh, but the, the really easy answer is always Money. And then games played or other types of tournaments. All right. So I hope that answers the question. Um, Kind of. I know that it wasn't really detailed, but um, you know we'll we'll get there as we get closer to twenty twenty. From mid major Matt, why is Eric Carlson still available? This is another good question but I think that it it's it's just you know a, a simple answer in that Ottawa's asking too much or they're they're looking in the wrong places so there's absolutely no way that nobody wants Eric Carlson that would be asinine people want teams want Eric Carlson Ottawa just isn't either a getting what they want or B is refusing to make trades with teams that are willing to give them what they want. We saw that with, um, the name is failing me right now. Is it Mark stone Um, where they weren't willing to trade him within the Eastern conference. So they traded him to the West and then he ended up in the Eastern conference anyway. So I think that there's a lot of, Shenanigans happening between um, the GM and the ownership where I, I think that ownership is tying the hands of the GM to stop him from doing his job. So I think that that's really what's happening here. I believe that he'll he'll be on the move. I don't know whether he starts the season in Ottawa or not, but if I were him, I would be rather upset. Oh, Mike Hoffman. Yeah, I screwed that one up. All right. All right. From Paisley and Vinyl. Thoughts on the Jacob Voracek Chia Pet. Best giveaway ever at Wells Fargo Center. How cool is that? Like, Jake Voracek is, you know, this hairy man. And they definitely are playing right into that. Like, their marketing team nailed it. So I think it's October 16th, the Wells Fargo Center and the Flyers are giving away Jake Voracek Chia Pets as their giveaway. And I think that is the coolest thing. That's so much better than, like, a T-shirt or a koozie. Like, God, that's cool. I'm excited about it. All right. uh from benjamin reports out of lehigh valley or that the phantoms just signed goaltender Brendan crom to or com to an ahl deal thoughts on this are they signing him somehow for the royals not sure if his contract allows that is slowly on the move does he play doubtful thanks um you kind of hit on the, the points that i was going to make so I think the reason why they signed him is because Dustin Tokarski went and signed with the Rangers, so they were just kind of filling a hole. Now, let's talk goalies for a second. Um, Goalies, on the NHL level, we know who it's going to be. We're going to have Brian Elliott. We're going to have Michael Neuvert and somebody's gonna get hurt at some point because of who our personnel is and who our coach is. So that's goalies at the NHL level, really high level overview. Um, In the AHL, that's where things get complicated. So we've got three goalies in the AHL. We have Anthony Stolarz, we have Alex Lyon, and we have Carter Hart, yeah, Carter! Um, three goalies, all competing for the starting job in Lehigh Valley. And now we have Brandon Kahn. So my thought is that they know exactly what they want to do with Alex Lyon. Alex Lyon is going to be your starter in Lehigh Valley. And he's earned it. He He deserves it. He'll probably be the first call up when somebody gets injured. I know that nobody wants to hear that because of Carter Hart, but let's get real comfortable with it now in September. We're going to see Alex Lyon in the NHL, probably. And I think that they know they want Carter Hart to be the backup so that when Alex Lyon has to come up because there's an injury, Carter Hart can take that job and start to get his reps in. I think that that's what they want to do at the AHL level. So then... What are they going to do with Anthony Stolarz and this new goalie, Brandon Com? I think that they're going to try a three-goalie rotation in Lehigh Valley. I think that Anthony Stolarz will figure in some way. Um, and I think Brandon Com is going to be a, a Reading Royal. I don't know AHL contracts. And sorry, Shenner is playing. I've got the cat tower right here. Um, let's see if I can show you guys. Um. <laughs> There's my cat. So um, I I believe that I believe that he can be waived. I was I was reading up on Bob Rotruck what he was saying with the the, the Phantom signed a whole bunch of people the other day. Yesterday, I believe. Um, and they can be waived. They'll probably just be depth for Redding, which is totally fine. Um, I, I think that... The, I just think it's a depth move. What is a little bit more complicated here is Anthony Stolarz. You know, he's making a significant amount of money. And we don't really know what his knees are like. We don't know what his future is within the organization. I don't know how they're going to figure it out. I don't know whether it's it's just going to be, like I said, the, the three goalie rotation, or if they're going to waive him, have him play in Reading, um, just to keep him playing. I don't really know. I don't really know. And I don't know if they know, but I, I'm pretty sure they're confident in, um, I'm pretty sure they're confident in what they're doing with, Alex Lyon and Carter Hart. If nothing else. If nothing else. um, They know what they want with Carter Hart. And we need to get really comfortable with. um, Carter Hart spending the entire season in the AHL. Now. Granted if. And this is not a reach. Because we saw it last season. If. Michael Neuvert and Brian Elliott are heard at the same time. That may be, I'm, I'm thinking this through as I'm saying it out loud because I wanted to say that may be cause for Carter Hart to come up. But my thought now as, I, as I'm as I'm thinking it through out loud, my thought is that may be why they're keeping Stolars on the AHL roster that may be why that may be why they're keeping him around just so that Carter Hart can continue to get the full season in the AHL i don't know but that would make sense i mean Stolars has some NHL experience and they might not want to throw Hart to the Wolves right away um That could that could be it. I, I don't think that it's outside of the realm of possibility. So that's goalies. Now, we'll we'll see as the season progresses, but we know that we've got two injury prone goalies, or at least one extremely injury prone goalie and and a coach that doesn't put them in a, in a position to succeed with injuries. So it, we'll see. Um, This is a good question from Joe, uh, Joe Plaza. Who is one player not ranked in the BSH top 25 under 25 that you think the fan base should be looking at closer? One guy who made the top 25 that you think honestly should not be there. All right, so now I need to pull up my full list because I don't remember um, who made it and who didn't. So I have... I have my list here. So who didn't make it that should have? Um, so I'm just looking here at the bottom, the bottom of the list. Um, so the the, the the bottom five of the 25 under 25, Nicholas Aube-Kubel, Taylor Lear, Matthew Strom, Danique Martel, Mark Friedman, and Noah Cates. Noah Cates is usually my hey, this is somebody that uh, we should be paying more attention to, but he's already on there. So now I need to go and find what my list was. So um, who I have in my bottom five, I have Tanner Lazinski, Jay O'Brien, Noah Cates, Connor Bunneman, Carson Torensky, and John St. Ivany. I think that... Um, my answer here is going to be John St. Ivany, even though he was just drafted. He was just drafted, so it's not necessarily someone that people are low on, just someone that we may not know a whole lot about. And the reason why I'm, I'm excited about him is because he seems to have good puck skills, and his his skating is a problem right now. But I've, I've mentioned this on PSH Radio a couple times. He grew like eight inches over a year, and that's a lot for anybody, and it's definitely a lot to get used to while on skates. So I think that once he figures out how to skate for his size, he's gonna be a, a, a infinitely more effective hockey player, um, and that's definitely something that he should be able to work on. He should be able to work on this year. It's not that his skating is bad. It's just that he's got all this new size that he needs to adjust for. Um, so who the next question is who do I think made it that shouldn't have? and this is this is a hard question for me. Because everybody evaluates skill differently, everybody evaluates what it means to be on the top twenty-five under twenty-five differently. The way that I look at it is, who is going to make an impact at the NHL level, or who is projected to make an impact at the NHL level. So, I left I left Nicholas Aubé-Kubel off my list, even though you know, he is projected to be a bottom six NHL player. Because the, the three suspensions that he had this season really concerned me. I, I'm, I'm concerned that he's a little bit of a loose cannon. I'm concerned that he's a liability. I, I have concern about Abe Kubel. I, so I need to see out of him this season that he can control himself. Um, but I wouldn't suggest necessarily that other people keep him off their list. Um, now, the next person that I didn't rank that's on this list is Danique Martel. Even though he got NHL time, I don't think he's going to be an NHL player for the Flyers. I think that he could be for another organization. I just don't see it happening within the Flyers. I, I think that, that, that his size is going to hold him back um and this is still you know the the organization is changing but i think it's still an organization that um really values size and skill of course but i think that it's going to hold him back a little bit um again keep an eye on him let's see what he does in the ahl I, i think that he is a very skilled and talented forward I just don't know whether he's going to to make an impact at the NHL level for the Flyers. All right, let's move on. Uh, from Adam, and we're just kind of backtracking a little bit back to goalies. Do you think Alex Lyon will have a spot on the Flyers this year? I think yes, and I think that he is an injury call-up and that I think he stays for the rest of the season um, only because he is not... Waiver exempt. He would have to pass through waivers to go back to Lehigh Valley. Um, and I don't think that Ron is going to allow that to happen. I think that someone would snatch up Alex Lyon. So I think that we will see Alex Lyon in the NHL at some point this season. I think that he stays. He might be scratched, but I think that he stays. All right, from Lori, how are our beloved Flyers going to rise above mediocrity? Does Hack get fired because of the team's inconsistency? This has been a five to six season issue, if they are again. So that's a good question. How are they going to... Get better than the most mediocre team in sports, which is something that they were they were labeled this week. The most mediocre team in sports, which, you know, I've been here watching them. You've been here watching them. You know that this is a thing. And I know that this is a thing. They're just painfully, painfully average. And that's okay To a point, you know, they're not terrible, they're not bad, but they're also not good. But they have the personnel to be good. So what I think they need to do um, is really play to their strengths, and that's simple. You know, it's it's a simple solution, but they're not doing it. So let Travis Connect me go out there and run around fools. And if he doesn't back check, then he doesn't back check. Let him go out and dunk on dunk on fools. Score goals and let him play his game. Same with, you know, the, the leash has been, has been elongated for Shane Gostisbear. Um, but I think that, you know, you've got, you've got to just let him play his game. Travis Sandheim, let him go out there and play his game. Yeah, you're going to anchor him with Andrew McDonald, but you've, you've got to let him just play his game. So this goes back to Hackstall. Why are they not doing this? I'm shrugging. People who are listening to this on audio can't can't tell. I don't know. I don't know why they're not doing this. So then the second part of the question is why are or is is Hackstall on the hot seat? Is he gonna get fired? I don't think so. They've made they've made the playoffs two out of three years. I don't see it happening mid-season. We'll see. I, I, I don't think so. I think that they do need to get better. I think the decision-making has to be better. I think that there is a microscope on him this season, but I don't think it's it's necessarily a hot seat where we see him, where we see a change in the middle of the season. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I, I don't think so I don't think so. Midseason, I don't think that that's a change that Hextall Hextall is gonna make midseason. We're gonna have to see how they do. They're projected to be top three in the division. If they fall dramatically short, if they go through another ten game losing streak, if it's a if it's just an organizational nightmare, they'll probably have to make a change. But I I don't. Things would have to go really really wrong. Really catastrophically wrong for for that to happen. All right. From Frank, I have a theory that Ron is delaying playing prospects in preparation for the upcoming expansion draft. Less years pro means less spots needed for protection. That is a solid theory. Um a solid theory that I don't disagree with. So I know that there are a lot of people, hold on, I need to drink some water. Give me a second. There are a lot of people who are very concerned about the upcoming expansion draft. So I don't want to tell you to not be concerned about the expansion draft. I understand why you would be. Uh, I understand why you're looking to the future. And we have a ton of valuable prospects, and nobody wants to lose them. So I understand. So what I'm here to tell you is to let's not put the cart in front of the horse. We don't know when the expansion draft is going to happen. Is it going to happen in 2019? Is it going to happen in 2020? Is it going to happen in 2021 because the entire 2020 season is lost to a lockout? We don't know yet. So would we, would we being the Flyers organization, the front office, would Ron Hextall be extra conservative with players knowing that this is coming down the line? Probably. I think that that's something that's on his mind. I think it's on his radar, but I don't think that it's top of mind, and I don't think that it is the reason. I think that it's it's probably a factor, but I don't think it's the reason. Um, I've heard that that stadium in Seattle is nowhere near being built. Now, granted, you know they could pull it together pretty quickly, but I've heard that there's a lot of work to be done so it's probably not going to be next season where we have to look at the expansion draft but it could be you know it it could be um that being said we've seen teams with the vegas expansion we've seen teams make deals to keep their younger prospects to keep the talent in their system together I think that Ron would do that. I think that there would be a lot of wheeling and dealing to keep the prospects and the players that he really wants. Um, but as Brian Knight is saying in the comments, I don't think Hexie is worried about the next expansion draft at all. I think it's probably on his radar, but I don't think it's 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 ruling the decisions that he makes day in and day out. All right, from Clems Adelphia. Should we be worried about Christian Folline playing in place of Travis Sanheim? Shenner just fell off his perch. He's fine. Um, should we be worried? I, I don't want to say no because I worry about everything. But I think that we should be apprehensive I think that we should be nervous. I think that we should be cautious. I don't know whether worried. I mean, yeah, let's... It's September. It's September. We can get our hockey feelings out there now. Uh, Yeah, let's be worried about it because there were quotes that came out this week about Christian Folien and his penalty killing. Um, I... I'm concerned that they're going to mismanage Travis Sanheim again. Um, And this, so where I'm coming from, it doesn't really come out of a place. It doesn't really come from a place of concern about the player, Folleen. It comes from a place of, Concern about the player Sandheim. So, you know, Foley, I haven't seen him play on the Flyers. I don't know what he's going to do, what he's not going to do. I don't know how much of a disaster or if it could be really good. I don't know yet. What I do know is that Travis Sandheim didn't get enough of a chance last year. What I do know is that Travis Sandheim is a prospect who needs to play in the NHL because there's nothing left for him at the AHL level. And that's where the concern is coming from. Now, if Folene were to play over Radko Gudis, if Foleen were to play over Andrew McDonald, I wouldn't be concerned. The concern is that they're not going to play – Travis Sanheim, and that's the overarching concern. I think that that's really all that I have. Going into training camp, I need to know whether he has a spot or not. Now, logic says he does, but is it actually going to happen? I don't know, and that's, that's, where, that's where I'm worried. That's where my concern is coming from. That's where my worry is coming from. From Laura, when will the Flyers have a fun goal song again? So one of our contributors, Joe, uh, talked to the Flyers DJ and asked, you know, what is up with this goal song? And it's completely out of his hands. This is up to the players and mostly up to Claude Giroux. So unfortunately, we are stuck with whatever decision Giroux makes, whatever decision the team makes, um it's just going to be whatever Giroux wants, whatever the team wants. Unfortunately, we're stuck with their musical tastes and I think it sucks. (laughs) I think it sucks. I think that if they had a better goal song, it would improve the experience at the Wells Fargo center. You can't sing along with whatever goal song it is now. It, Let's do better flyers. Let's do better to make the experience better. Get the crowd into it. I mean, you can stand up and dance, but you can't sing along to it. Let's, let's, let's do better. All right, this is the last question from Twitter. So if we have anything on Facebook, let's get them rolling in now. Uh, so this last question from Twitter is from Mitch. Realistic point totals, in your opinion, for Patrick's upcoming season? Um, Great question. So Nolan Patrick had 30 points last season, which was um, a little bit unexpected for me when I went back and, and looked at, at the stats, when I looked at his numbers. I didn't expect to see 30 points there. So it, he happened like this all happened in the later half of the season. Um, And I, I've been saying for a while, that's the Nolan Patrick that we should expect to see this upcoming season. Um, so I, I'm going to be a little bit conservative here and say, you know, let's, let's put up, let's say realistically, conservatively, he put up 45 points. Let's say 45. I, I was stuck between 40 and 50. So I'm just splitting it down the center. I want to see 20 goals from Nolan Patrick. I want to see 40, somewhere between 40 and 50 points. If he got 40, I wouldn't be disappointed. If he got 50, I'd be happy. Um, if he got more than that, I'd be thrilled and over the moon. Let's let's say 20 goals. Let's set the bar at 20 goals, 40 points, and hope that he exceeds them. I, I think that that's realistic. At the 2C, uh, with JVR, who I think is going to... Impre- increase his numbers. Um, I, I think that I think that that's a, a, a realistic and good benchmark um, that that will leave us in a position to feel really really good about Nolan Patrick's season. I, I I think that fifty should be attainable for him. Also, depending on what type of power play time he gets, if he takes Simmons spot on power play one, we're looking at the high end of those numbers. All right, from Tom. Regression for Coots this year. Um, Probably. But not dramatically. So we're... He probably won't have the season that he had last year, but I don't think we're looking at the Couturier of, of, of three years ago at 3C where we just decided that he was never going to have... An offensive game. I think that you know he will regress a little bit, but I don't think it'll be super dramatic. What I think will lead to that is you know Claude Giroux probably won't have a hundred point season this year, Um, and and they played off of each other spectacularly last season. So I think we'll see a little bit of regression from Couturier, but not not a ton. Um, I I'm, I'm I'm optimistic about what we're going to see out of the top line this year, especially if Konechny stays at wing. Uh, From Nick, if the Flyers are in a hot playoff race, who are they likely to try and buy, if anyone? If they're cashing out, who's getting sold? That's a good question. Um, Who are they likely to try to buy? So I'm going to keep this really vague and say if they're in a hot playoff race, they'll probably want to upgrade at 3C. Um, and I say that because we still don't know who the 3C is going to be, which leads right into Adam Reitz's question, will Lawton be the stopgap 3C? I don't know. I, I honest to God, do not know what they are going to do with 3C. I was hoping that this off season would give us some answers, and we have none. So we're going into training camp for a battle for 3C, which I think is super fun. And, and it's going to give us a lot of content and a lot to talk about through September. But we don't know. We don't know. There were, there were a couple questions that we had going into this offseason. And really, none of them have been answered. You know, JVR was a great signing. And it made the team better, but it didn't answer any of the questions that we had about who were we going to have at 3C? What were we going to do about defenseman depth and goalies, question mark? Um, None of these questions have really been answered. So we're going into training camp. We'll see. There's going to be a battle. It's going to be fun. Um, So I think that if they are if they are battling for a playoff spot, they're going to want to have those questions answered because they couldn't get it done in the offseason. But I think the top of the list will be a 3C. So if they're cashing out, who's getting sold? Another really good question, uh, the easy answer is Wayne Simmons. But if they're cashing out or if they're crashing out, oh, crashing, there's an R in there. Either way, same type of question. Um, Things have gone tremendously wrong, so we could be looking at players that we like getting shipped off. You know, it it, it could be a prospect. It could be a a long-term roster player, like, I don't even want to say it, but like Jake Forachak. If if they're really trying to do a shakeup, I don't know. I don't know. But the easy answer is Wayne Simmons. From Ian, is Foley going to become a problem a la Manning last season? I hope not. I hope not. But I don't have a lot of confidence saying no. Um I hope not. I need, I haven't seen enough of Folleen to be like, yeah, this guy does not belong on the team. Again, the problem that I have with Foleen is that he will probably stop, he might stop Travis Sanheim from making the, the, the nightly roster, and that's the problem. All right. From, oh, lost the screen. From Mark, will Carter Hart get a legit shot at making the team this year? I don't think so. I don't think so because there are too many goalies. I think that he is going to end up being the starter in Lehigh Valley after we have injuries at the NHL level and Alex Lyon gets called up. I think that Carter Hart will be in the AHL all season which is not bad, not bad, because if he gets this full season in Lehigh Valley under his belt, then, you know, we're looking at next year, so 2019, 2020, the potential of him him being the backup or even the starter in the NHL. So let's get this one AHL season done, and then we'll have the Carter Hart push. From Katie, two words. Eric Carlson, I know it's a pipe dream, but man, I want to see him in orange and black. Yes, I do too. And I would sell, I would give a lot. I would trade a lot for Eric Carlson. I can't imagine that Ron Hextall has not made the call. I I believe that everybody in the league is making the call. I, I just don't know how much he's willing to give up and what Ottawa is asking. I would even... I would even take the Bobby Ryan contract with Eric Carlson. They've got the room for it just to keep, you know, to, to keep Ottawa happy and to get Eric Carlson on this team, you know, put Bobby Ryan, he's making a ton of money, but put him on the third line and that's a stacked top nine. I would do it. I just, you know, I, I don't think that Ron Hextall thinks the way that that I do, but I would do it, and I would do just about anything to get Eric Carlson on this team. From Tony and Marcus, we're all talking Morgan Frost for three C. I don't believe that. I don't believe that Morgan Frost is going to make this team. I think that he could. And I think that he's talented enough to, I just don't think that they're going to, you know, everything that the team is saying and everything that the team has been saying for six months or so is that he's not going to make it, which is frustrating because he is better than some of our bottom six players right now. But the team has has literally been telling us he's not going to make it. Um, so I think that we need to just temper our expectations, but I do believe that he's talented enough to, and I think that he could slot in. I think that he's gained the muscle and the weight that that they've needed him to. I just, they've been telling us he's not going to. He's going to be really, really fun to watch in camp. So make sure, if you don't have plans to be in Voorhees, like try to make some, because we're going to want to watch Morgan Frost in training camp. I think that he's really going to try to make this team. Okay. From Brian Knight, are there any potential hall of famers on this team currently? It's a great question. So my first thought is honestly, my first thought is no. And then I I start to think, well, we've got Claude Giroux and he's really good. We've got Shane Gostasbear, He's really good. We've got Ivan Provorov and he will be really good. So the the answer to this is they need to get some cups. Unfortunately, they need to get some cups. So the next few years, I think, will be really telling. I think those are probably the, the, the pool that we're dealing with. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else. I don't... Those those are the ones that I'm thinking right off the bat. That are on the team currently from Ruth Free Lear. I would love to personally. I, I think that he's better than some of the talent that we have. You know, let's look right at you, Yori Letera. I, I I I I don't know what they're doing with Taylor Lear. I oh I think I I am. I really, really like Taylor Lear as a talent. I don't know what they're doing with him at the NHL level. I know I'm pretty confident that they're not going to send him back to the AHL because then they would lose him in waivers. Um, I, at this point, at this point, do him the favor of trading him to a team that's going to use him. I, I think that that's, that's doing him a kindness. All right, from Vince. Yes, we're going into training camp with Hackstall. Bring in slow old veterans. Woohoo! so excited. I really hope I'm wrong. You know, I, I get it. I get it completely. I get it. Um, I, I, I get it. Um, what I want to say is that there are fewer old and slow veterans on the team right now, on the roster right now, than there were last year. And the only free agent that they sign that would kind of that might fall into this category is Fulbine. So I think that we're in a better position. There's no Philpola, there's no Manning. Yes, we still have Letera, but there are fewer. Yes, we still have Andrew McDonald. Um, there are fewer of them. So it's just slowly taking away Haxdall's toys. Uh, Brian, if the Flyers were divided into Hogwarts houses, which players would fit on each house? You're not the first person that's asked me this question this week. And I'm taking the easy way out and saying I don't have the time right now to really break it down. Look at everybody's, uh, you know, characteristics. Look at everybody's personalities and, and decide into houses. So... This will be a project. This will be a fun project for the upcoming months, and I will do it. I just don't have the time right now. Um, I think you know, right off the bat, Claude Giroux is a Gryffindor, I believe. Um, but I will. I'll do the work. All right. Um, Marcus, Bobby Ryan, Philly Boy. Bobby Ryan's from Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Um. Also from Marcus, Lawton, 4C would be so great with Frost in, but oh well. I, I'm not disagreeing with you. Like I think that, again, I think Frost is talented enough. I just don't... The team has been telling us they're not going to play him. So I'm, I'm trying to temper my own expectations. And then if it happens, that I'm, I'm thrilled and I'm pleasantly surprised. I'd rather be surprised than disappointed. Um... <laughs> from Kevin the most depressing part about going into this season is that almost every flaw on the team can be directly attributed to yup Dave come fuck it up you're not wrong you are not wrong alright <laughs> so now we're talking Amac being either a Ravenclaw or a Hufflepuff I don't Again, I don't know. My, my gut on Andrew McDonald, probably a Hufflepuff. Uh, from Kevin, Radical Thought, JVRG Connect Me. Um, I mean, maybe if we're going to move Giroux back to center, would you put that as your second line? Who would you have on the top line then? So Couturier, Voracek, and who else? Um, and then move Patrick down to the third line where you have him with Lindblom and Simmons. I, I'm i not... Oh, so you'd move Coots to two... So that would be your top line. Couturier on the second line Patrick on the third um, i uh, I'm not necessarily against moving Giroux back to center but this is my thought process so both Giroux and Couturier had career years with Giroux at wing and Couturier at his center I would not want to Fuck with that chemistry. I wouldn't want to mess up the equation that works, but I understand that there may be some circumstances that would call for it. Um I wouldn't want to go into the season with Giroux back at center. I think that the, the I think that the situation that would call for him going back to center is, and I'm knocking on wood, a significant long term injury to Sean Katurier. And even then, I'd try Patrick at 1C first. Um, I, I I would prefer not to mess with that. They both had career years, so let's see what they can do second season to build off of that. From Mark, Sam Moran make the team. Sam Moran is injured and had surgery and will not really be ready to make the team until early 2019. So will he be on the Flyers roster to start the 2018-19 season? He will, but he'll be on IR. Uh, So, I mean, the answer is yes, but he's hurt. So there's not much to do with Sam Moran – which sucks because I really like him, but there's not much to do about him until January, February. From Corey, split up Probie and Ghost. See, this is another one that I see why people would want to do it. Let's spread the wealth, spread out the talent, but it's not something that I'm super enthusiastic to do because of you know some of the other talent that we have. Um... Ghost and Haig, they did okay together. Provorov, Sanheim could be really good. But I I think that with Ivan Provorov, with Shane Gossespierre, we have two number one defensemen. Let's keep them together. Let's let them build off of what they started to build last season and, and go from there. Oh, so Kevin is, is answering the Jeru at center. Not, a f- not in favor of it, but it solves the center depth issue. You're not wrong. Um, oh, okay. Interesting. So from Nick, here's a question. Do you think that given one of his challenges is language, does Hexy have a convo with Provorov and ask him to regularly check in with <laughs> the Ruby Germ? God, so Rupsov, and take him under Ivan's wing a bit. I've thought that. Uh, we have we have players, we've got multiple players that speak Russian and English. I think that this will, so Rupsov will be in the AHL this season. Um, I, I think that's going to be one of the benefits. So we have one of... One of the dark horse candidates, and it's not really, he's not really a dark horse, it's just someone that no one really talks about a lot, and it's Vorobiev, dark horse candidate for 3C, speaks both Russian and English. I think that that's going to be really beneficial for Rubsov if they both stay in the AHL. If Vorobiev makes 3C for the Flyers, then that complicates things a little bit, but There are players that speak both Russian and English that could help him out. I don't think that it'll be Provorov this season just because they're going to be playing at two different levels, but I think that that will be helpful for Rubsov when he makes the flyers. I'm a little bit more lenient with Rubsov than some of the other people who look at prospects. Um, I I think that... you know this season is big for him, uh, and let's see what he does at the AHL level before we kind of write him off as a bust. And I'm not saying that he is, but I think that some people are starting to think that. Um, there are. I'm. I'm trying to think of who else speaks Russian. There's. There's a few. There's a few of them. So I think that it'll help. It'll help him having some, some guys to communicate with. Uh, from Brian, do you think any phantoms make the team out of training camp? Could be Vorobyev, very easily could be. Again, this three C, the three C is is the big question mark. Um, also, the fourth line, I guess, but I, I think that there are enough flyers to to fill that those spots. Um, if you want to consider Oscar Lindblom of Phantom. I think he definitely makes the team out of training camp, but I wouldn't really consider him a phantom since he spent some time with the flyers. Uh, if you want to consider Travis Sanheim, a phantom, dear God, he has to make the flyers this season. Um, I think that that's, th- those are the two that are, are definites. Um, and the, uh, the other one that I'm looking at specifically is Vorobiev. Um, I don't think that Phil Myers makes the team this season. I know that a lot of people are are super high on Phil Myers and I am too, but I don't I just don't think that there's room this season. I think he'll get the Sandheim treatment. He'll be another call. He'll be an injury call up. I think that he's the, the easy solution for an injury call up, but there's a lot of defensemen on this team. Um, and a lot of a lot of heads that he had to jump over. And it looks like Looks like that is the last question that we have here. So I'm going to go eat lunch. I hope that everybody had a good time with me this morning. Oh, now I'm hiccuping because I'm hungry. Um, I hope that everybody had fun. Um, I thought I was going to have a really fun announcement for this, this show, but I don't, but there will be soon. Um, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to, um, I'm really looking forward to this season. I'm looking forward to doing a lot more fun things now that we have the partnership with Vox and SB Nation for the podcast. This season is going to be a lot of fun. I'm also in communication with the Ed Snyder Youth Hockey Foundation to do some really, really fun stuff with them and some alumni. So this season, this season is going to be really great and hopefully the flyers live up to it. Um thank you so much for hanging out with me. I hope everybody enjoys their long weekend. Um and we will we'll chat soon. Go Flyers. Hello. I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation and I want to tell you about my new show. It seems smart. It seems smart is a show about people doing things that for some reason or another seem smart at the time